Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, hello, welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I am your host, Amanda G. Happy Pride, y'all. So excited to be here bringing you this episode. I told you we'd bring it for Pride season, and here we are. We have Mary Jacobs on the show. I'm so excited for this. One of the cool things about doing this podcast is I get to get to know people that I've known for years in a different way. I've known Mary for years. She's done Greetings from Queer Mountain. I've seen her perform all over town. She's seen me perform. We've hung out together. But the questions I get to ask on the podcast aren't really like the kind of questions you ask over cocktails. So it's just so cool to get to know her in this different, cool way. The other thing about this episode I'm excited about is I'm going to call this, I'm going to call it our Gilmore Girls episode. Definitely the California Girl came out and me. I call it the Gilmore Girls episode because Gilmore Girls, on average, talked twice as fast as other TV shows did. And that's what happens here. We get through so much, we cover it so much, we're back and forth, boom, 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 just because we had so much to say and we were vibing and it was great and it was so much fun. Let's get to it. Let's get to Mary Jacobs, y'all. Mary Jacobs, I have been wanting to interview you for so long and I feel like I'm just intimidated by you and that's why I was like, I I don't want to bother her. Like people always tell me this. I am told that like people won't talk to me. People think I hate them. People are intimidated by me. It's because I'm a Leo, I think. Is that what Leos do? I'm like a triple Leo or quadruple Leo. I have a Leo sun and moon. I'm just really sure and i think that that's scary yeah i'm yeah. like i'm like she has something better to do oh my god <laughs> how i messaged fast? you and you were like when can you come over and i was yeah. like oh my god <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> i love fun stuff i love talking i love you know me yeah <laughs> give me a microphone i've known you in the comedy world through stand-up through the greetings from queer mountain storytelling show from just being gay in the same freaking city yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knowing the same people but yeah i'm really excited to be talking with you and are you you're from new orleans i am from new orleans you're currently on the property I was raised on. Oh, my God. Mm, yeah, my whole family lives here. Well, let's put a pin in that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you actually like your family. <laughs> yes. We all coexist. Yes, we, we do well. <laughs> Enough to be able to share a space. It's. I think it's as complicated as any other family. There's just a lot of codependency here. Yeah, because <laughs> my mom's in Florida. My brother is in California, and my dad is in Pennsylvania. Whoa. So that is, I'm like, y'all are in the same, not only the same city, you're like, we're in the same vicinity. Oh, we're in the same vicinity. We have a joke about my sister and how she um, got off the compound, but she just moved five blocks away. But she got away. Yeah, she was <laughs> literally five blocks. It's it's wild. It's like me, my brother and his family, and my parents, my, me and my partner. And yeah. my, my parents are in the house I was raised in, and all the houses are kind of connected by backyards. 
Okay, so you see your family a lot? Almost every day. I mean, pretty much every day. They know everything that's going on? <laughs> no, they don't. It's interesting that you say that. They really don't, unless I, like, give them everything. They're not, like, they don't ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> My mom would show up, be like, what's for dinner? Oh, no. But I do, you know, I do go shopping over there a lot. Like, today I wanted nachos, <laughs> and I was missing the key ingredient, the chips. And so I went to my mom's, and there before me was an unopened bag of tortilla chips. And I was like, well... I'm so glad the store had them in stock. <laughs> I love how you just had cheese and you're like, I want nachos. <laughs> I had every other ingredient. I had sour cream, cheese, beans, meat, taco seasoning, and salsa. Oh, you were making like a nacho supreme. I made some real good nachos. Okay. They were delicious. But yeah, I didn't have chips. So well, let's thank mom and dad's general thanks, store. Thanks, mom. What's it? So I know like a lot of people I talk to um, that live in New Orleans now, including myself, I don't like the word transplant because I feel like it is certain point like <laughs> I should count like my mom's though you know I was raised in California and she's always like why does my daughter say y'all and I was like well because I live in New Orleans and I've been here for 14 years and like I should get some street cred for that but you're from here like what was it like growing up in New Orleans like it was I mean it must have been so different I know now and New Orleans yeah. has a lot of gentrification yeah, grow- I of- mean growing up you didn't know about any of that <laughs> um I, you know what's interesting is when I left for Katrina I had a really good taste of what how different my life was because in New Orleans, I was like the cool kid at school. But in the country where I evacuated to and went to a Catholic school out there, I was the weird, extravagant, over the top, strange girl, Do you know, like vegetarian, like, but in New Orleans, in a city where we like pride ourselves in the most interesting people and the most like fun people, I'm calling myself interesting and fun. I realize that makes me sound so vain, <laughs> but I did open saying I was a quadruple Leo. So I feel like... Yeah, it's also New Orleans. Like, I think like a regular person in New Orleans is like what everyone else is like. Oh, that's so like Austin's always like keep Austin weird. And yeah. I'm like, why did Austin get that? Like I don't New know. Orleans should freaking have that. Yeah, like- I think about that. Literally, I thought about that this week. It's so funny <laughs> you say that. Yeah, it's so weird. You know, when I went to Austin, I saw a man with a lizard on his shoulder and he was just standing on the street colder. And I was like, is this what they mean? Is this what they think is weird? Um, Anyway, I learned really quickly that what was good for me growing up here is that I think somewhere else I would have turned out much differently and maybe been bullied or felt like a weirdo. But like here I was like cool and fun and I found my people so fast because there's more people here, you know, I got really lucky really young to like find my people and find myself and just run with it. So you got to like be you and not, yeah, like for me, like when I got to college, a lot of things that I was really into that in high school I would have never talked about. Like, right. I would have never admitted to, like, I really like pop music in a non-ironic, like, yeah. but when, where I went to high school, it was all about the emo shit oh, and, uh, you know, the, like, Nirvana, whatever, the grunge, the grunge Right, you're, stuff. like, trying to fit in in these little and big ways. Yeah, and, and it's, like, that's not me. Yeah. Like, even, like, my bat mitzvah, right, my theme was music, uh-huh. and every table was gonna have a different musician uh-huh. on it, and I remember having, like, Nirvana and Soundgarden and these groups that I didn't listen to. That's so funny. But I knew my friends were going to show up and I'm fucking 13. Do you want to know what I did for my sweet 16? <laughs> What'd you do? Um, I got the local ska band to play at my favorite venue and I threw a ska show and invited all of my friends. <laughs> were you into ska? I was such a ska kid. <laughs> okay. New, Orleans used to, New Orleans used to have a poppin' ska punk scene and that was what I grew up in. And I spent every weekend going to like the VFW hall. There used to be a place called Big Top um, where I have a lot of history and I threw my sweet 
2016 at the Big Top, including I also threw the first play I ever produced at the Big Top. My band also played there. Oh, you were in a band? I was in a band. The Big Top was like mm, the best venue. It was like an indie art gallery. Why was I saying this? Oh, because I had my Sweet 16 yeah. at a ska <laughs> band. Your music theme made me think of it, but Bat Mitzvah is 13. Yeah. So yeah. that's also at that age, you're like in junior high. You don't know yourself at 13. And you're just trying to fit in. And I'm in, I was raised in like a non-Jewish area and I already have a Bat Mitzvah and everyone's like, what the fuck's a Bat Mitzvah? <laughs> and then I'm like, come to this thing. And if it was really like Mariah Carey and Celine Dion and Shania Twain. That would have been your vibe. Like then the people that I wanted, that would have been my vibe. I don't think I would have been too, like, I think I would have just gotten made fun of and I was so scared of that. I yeah. didn't want to No, no, no. Out. All the gay men would have found your bat mitzvah. That's what it would have <laughs> Mariah Carey. Who yeah. else did you say? Sh- no, you didn't say Cher. Uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion. I would have yes. put Cher in there too, Oh, though. hell yeah. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. Shania Twain. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. Yes. I dabble in a little pop country. Kristen lives for pop music. She also like, she knows like what every star is, ma- who they're married to. Oh, she, okay. She so like she, knows hits. She knows yeah. album names. She can tell you like sometimes the years things came out big pop music fan okay I, I gotta talk to Kristen. y'all could vibe y'all could yeah vibe. We, we would talk like all night and everyone would be like what the fuck are they saying <laughs> and we would be like don't worry about it she would love that but i think that's what's cool about new orleans is like from a young age it's like you want to wear a costume today wear a costume today it's not halloween it's not mardi gras just do you and nobody's like what's wrong with her yeah you definitely grab, grow up with just like more variety. And when you see more variety, you just take part in variety. It's not unusual, you know? I think that's why people are so attracted to it here because yeah. it's freewheeling. It's like, yeah, be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> that's our motto. We're not like keep a New Orleans weird. We're like, just be who the fuck you are. Yeah, whatever that is. And don't be a dick. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because <laughs> if you are a dick, don't don't be that. <laughs> don't be a dick. Be nice or leave. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you heard? <laughs> that's our number one rule in this city. Yeah. Was Katrina? the first time you like moved away from New Orleans yeah and I well, want to say like moved away like yeah no I was away but not very long I so I evacuated just like anyone else and I had kind of a culture shock because I was in the country like where uh my mom grew up in convent so her family still had a house there so we kind of all crammed into a small house and got a FEMA trailer which was about an hour away from here but it was like Ascension Assumption Parish that area okay so real Cajun-y uh vibes and yeah that was the first time I like went somewhere and was like oh this is weird like (laughs) there are other places that like are a lot cool that I don't want to live and I like very quickly knew that I wanted to come back to New Orleans and that was the whole thing and I even wound up living with a friend for a while my sophomore year like to move back to New Orleans as soon as my school reopened. Like I was there the day they opened the doors after Katrina because I was able to live with a friend on the West Bank. So I was like living with a friend and her family when I was 16. And commuting. Yeah, and commuting. And so I went from living in the country for a couple of months then to living with a friend and her family and then eventually like living in like three different houses before, but being in New Orleans that whole time. So I was only away from New Orleans for a short time, but I definitely like got a real quick study in like how special this place was. And everyone was talking about it, too. Like, that was, like, in the air. Everyone was so aware. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? Like, it was, like, it was everywhere, you know? Like, there was poems and and jewelry and T-shirts. And it's, like, everyone was losing their mind over how great New Orleans is and how important it was to rebuild. And so I was, like, I was talking about this with my friend Dawn the other day on my podcast, Planet NOLA. We will talk about that. Season two coming out, first episode. Anyway, I was talking to Dawn (laughs) about this. And basically, she was like, yeah, it's that's when we all got really, really bonded. And we were all like, oh, yeah, this is the only place for me. So you were in high school when Katrina happened. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. So... 
God. <laughs> I know, brutal, brutal. I was in my, uh, I remember I was in my first year of law school and it was my first semester and I was in New York and I'm just like, I just remember like watching, you know, and especially like the news portrayal of it at the time yeah. versus like later, you know, all the stuff we learned. Like I just couldn't imagine being in high school and not knowing if you could even like come back home or it's what wild. your home looked like or what New Orleans was going to look like. Like they didn't know if New Orleans was going to rebuild, if Mardi Gras was going to happen again. Like they didn't know anything and there was just no information but I remember one time hearing like in the weeks right afterwards someone said it's gonna take 10 years for New Orleans to completely come back and I remember hearing that number and being like how in the fuck is it gonna take 10 years and I remember being like just completely gutted when I heard that number and it really did take 10 years for I mean it's still there's still empty lots everywhere Mm -hmm. and like I still see things and think of Katrina for me like when I see an empty lot like this lot next to this house and the lot next to my parents house I think of Katrina because there should be a house there and a lot of these lots were absorbed through programs after Katrina which is beautiful it was called the lot next door program where a lot of people were able to buy the lots next to their houses you know for mad cheap which was really beautiful but for me every time I see an empty lot I think oh yeah that was where a house was that's where like a family was raised this got really dark really fast (laughs) it's yeah I mean (laughs) I swear (laughs) I'm a comedian I don't know why we're talking about Katrina let's change the subject you know comedians are dark like that's that's part of it that's true like everyone's like oh you're so funny and it's like because there's this other side of us that's fucking dark as shit yeah yeah Um, and it doesn't come out that often right yeah 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 and that's okay. It gives you wisdom. It gives you wisdom. Yeah. My trauma has made me very wise. <laughs> yeah. And it has probably made you very funny. <laughs> yes, I hope so. Like you seem like like the way my family deals with trauma is we kind of laugh about it and joke about it. And I've always been that way. And I think you seem like that kind of person too. Yeah, I definitely try to laugh through it, but I really sit in my feelings, which I think is a good thing too. Like to really feel like the full scope of it. That's healthy. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. It, it gives me like a good grip. Some, well, sometimes it's awful and you just don't want to feel it. And that's what disassociation is for <laughs> uh, yeah can we skip ahead no more katrina okay okay we'll we'll skip ahead no skip more ahead katrina. so high school get through high school here yeah do you leave after high school oh do yeah you stick around okay where do you go oh yeah baby mm-hmm. i um i got a full ride to my college <laughs> uh it was in this is random tiny school in pennsylvania called cabrini college i went to cabrini here and the cabrini college offers one full ride to a cabrini high school student each year so my year i got it which was all awesome nice. and I was yeah I was uh, my whole thing was like I didn't really I wanted to go to college but like I didn't want to pay for it and I knew like my parents <laughs> weren't gonna pay for it so I was like well if I go it's because I have a full ride and I really wanted to stay in New Orleans a lot of me wanted to stay Loyola gave me a, the, like their highest theater scholarship but it's not still not even close to what yeah. I would have been still paying every year I would still be in debt right now if I had gone to Loyola you know so I went to Pennsylvania and where where like Western Eastern right side of Philly. OK. Yeah. Uh, and it was a uh, it was in like Radnor Wayne area, like nearest to Villanova. But yeah, I went there and that was also an awakening. It kind of reminded me of after Katrina when I went to that school in the middle of nowhere because my school was full of like Jersey kids, <laughs> which are like the equivalent of like kids in the country that hunt and do boring things like Jersey kids are their own version of that whereas like they've got like a built-in culture but it's kind of boring you know <laughs> like yeah it's just about makeup and getting fucked up yeah it's like <laughs> I've been to Jersey <laughs> yeah 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 and it's like it's very vain and like uh, hegemonic very like white and it reminds me a lot of like the country kids but it's like its own thing no offense I have friends from Jersey but that vibe of like mass oh, I don't know ma- like it's just sad like mass unoriginality 
Yeah, you can talk shit about everywhere. Like, I'm from Los Angeles. Every oh, time I tell yeah. people I'm from LA, they're like, they're assholes. They're so vain. All you care about is brands and this and that. I'm like, yeah, I know, but that's still where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been to Jersey and had a lot of good times. I have family from Jersey. Listen, I'll, I hear, I'll talk shit in New Orleans. I'll talk shit about New Orleans. <laughs> you from New Orleans get really stuck in their ways. Most of them drink way too fucking much and not a cute way, but we pretend like it's a cute way. And we're real comfortable and we don't really go outside of our comfort zones much. So that's my shit talking in New Orleans. <laughs> Nobody else can say that. <laughs> they're from here yeah we're all like we're supporting local businesses <laughs> we just like to drink at 3 p.m yeah they're just all bars every local business we love is a bar or a restaurant yeah we're gluttons we're literally gluttons and we're so proud of it i know because it's our culture baby i ate so many nachos before this i gave myself a bellyache <laughs> all right so you were doing theater there you know it's so funny my school didn't have a theater program that was the biggest compromise but I worked in theater and I did com- mass com in English I minored in English it was like a focus in women's lit and women's uh, and gender studies which was kind of like a new focus gender and body studies which was like kind of a new focus for my college I was like one of the first classes that really worked all these new classes and that's why I have like this real big passion about you know fighting the fucking patriarchy and beauty culture and diet culture and all that stuff that's part of my vibe and I think I got that in college so I was really grateful for my professors all my friends in college were just my teachers I just didn't have that many friends because it was such an obscure school you know but it allowed me to travel in the northeast a lot so I got to spend like I would like spending like probably one weekend a month or two weekends a month outside of Philly, like in New York, in Boston, in Connecticut. I had friends in all those places. Um, I would go down to Virginia for shows, like, because I was still a little punk kid, so I was, like, just going up and down. So it gave me a lot of culture, in, in the sense that, like, I got to see a lot of the Northeast and way more of the world than I had ever seen before, so. Yeah, which is, that's awesome. It was so cool. You know, you forget in New Orleans, like, the nearest city that's cool is, like, Austin or Memphis, and that's far. Yeah, Memphis is six-ish hours. And Austin's eight and a half. I just, did, I just went to Austin to but in philly two hours to new york two hours to philly two hours to dc you can get to so many big cities like bam 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 and you can take a train yes public transit there's no train i'm taking austin really like i drove that yeah and that sucks Mm. because i'm (laughs) never gonna do that yeah i mean i've done it before but it's not like a regular trip i would go to new york at least once a month when i was in college yeah if i could afford it i was i would just go and go do like one of the student rushes to go see a show on Broadway or something mm-hmm. or like stay with someone if I had a friend that was living in the city at the time. It was the best. Were you like in high school? I know you said you were in a band. I want to talk about that. Like, <laughs> did you do like theater or comedy or like any other performance? Yeah. So I did theater from when I was about 10 on and my theater teachers, I had the same theater training group from that age until I graduated high school because they had a theater school and they also taught drama at my school. So I was taking theater classes and I was doing drama with like the same family. And, um, they used improv that was our training tool like whenever we had nothing to do it was like we would play an improv game and so my favorite thing about theater was improv games in the rehearsal process I loved the rehearsal process and I loved improv and it was it was so evident to me like I was like this is the best part of all of this you know (laughs) I love theater to this day I'll go see any show anytime you know but you just did the warm-up and then you're like I'll see you all tomorrow (laughs) yeah it was so fun and I didn't realize it was a thing you could do just on its own until much later you know but yeah that was my like real first dabbling into comedy and also I was nominated for class clown as my senior superlative and I lost to Sarah Wright who who laughs at all her own jokes if you're listening to this Sarah which you might be (laughs) I still think I should have got it yeah what's what's Sarah done now uh not comedy But you know what I did get? I got most likely to be famous. Okay. I think I'd rather have that. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I'm I'm not complaining. (laughs) I'm not. I am complaining. (laughs) I was like, it sounded like a complaint. Mostly I just wanted to riff on Sarah Wright, who I haven't seen in like eight years. Also a lesbian. 
Oh. I'm pretty sure. Sarah, you're a lesbian, right? <laughs> so you uh, went to an all-girls school, and you're telling oh, us yeah. the rumors are true. The baby. That is that is so right. I went to an all-girls school. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you go to an all-girls school? I did not. Um, I would have had a panic attack if I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come out till I was 23. I was not ready. For, <laughs> I was not ready for whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh wait did it sound like me and sarah Wright hooked up we didn't no. hook up <laughs> she's just got dyke dyke energy you know yeah. big dyke energy which is a compliment it's i mean in my world it's a compliment i think it's a huge okay compliment. good i'm glad we i'm glad we're on the same page yeah. about that all right well when you were in a band what did you did you sing did you play an instrument yeah, how did no. that start what was your band called what were the multiple iterations of the name because yeah, that's we, my favorite part about that. yeah we had one name actually and <laughs> oh. it was i just picked it because it was too perfect it was called it was called trashy trashy I like yeah it. i went through a large stint in high school and college where i just dated male musicians in punk bands and ska bands and i broke up with the last one and i was like you know what like why am i like do i just want to make music like am i just dating all these people because i want to do what they're doing like and so i was like maybe so let me do it and so i started a punk band with a couple of friends amy martin and mauricio lesage and we recorded an album on my iphone and we played like probably eight Nope, more than that. Probably like 10 shows all together over the course of two years. But we were like on punknews.com, which is like a big website. And we were featured like pretty soon after dropping our EP. And like we toured to Austin and we had like a huge house show. Like people showed up to see us. Oh, wow. It was nuts. It was like snap. Like as soon as we started doing it, it went really well for us. I felt like if we would have kept going and like we all were terrible, but that was like part of it. Like we were a real garage band. We were just doing it because it was fun and we wanted to do it. I was just like screaming about rape culture. It was so fucking fun. I had such a good time. But I really quickly realized I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh. I was like, why did y'all stop? Because it sounds just, like you were like building something kind of cool that other bands would pay money to have. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, doing it, I realized it's not what I wanted to do. And I was like, this is cool. And for me, it was a real ego boost because I was like all this time I thought these men were like doing something so cool and interesting and hard and I just did it and I was like yeah <laughs> not for me actually and a I lot think, of things are with yeah, dudes it's so real and the same dudes that I supported for years and years in that same scene as soon as we started doing well rumors kept getting back to me that people were just talking about how we were blowing up because we were girls we like they're being like cruel behind our back yeah and that was when i completely dropped out of the punk scene because i was like you know what like for years i've been in every show i've promoted your shows i've like given you guys my money i've bought merch i've bought cds i used to photograph the bands and like i was thought i was a part of a community and i really learned that it was just a straight insecure guys like who <laughs> i don't actually belong with so it was good for me to start the band because yeah. i got out of the band and because yeah, you might have still been doing that yeah and i'm so glad i'm not because my life has gotten so much exorbitant that's when i found improv and this was after college yeah okay yeah 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 i started trashy like right after i graduated college so you graduated in pennsylvania and moved right back not right back okay. i, I kind of came back and forth it was weird it's boring to explain <laughs> but i basically was okay. back and forth for about a year and a half so i was here and there okay yeah but the band was here the band was here okay. yeah 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 that's why we played sporadic shows and only had one EP was because I was like I was living here for like three months at a time or whatever so yeah so you decide hey this band thing is not my shit uh, yeah what's next like what happens next yeah that was when I found improv All and right. that was also when I started writing plays when I moved back to New Orleans I kind of ended my band officially with how my friends how'd they take the news well we kind of all just fizzled out together okay. like all of us were just like nah our guitar player would like show up to shows and not have a guitar <laughs> like we were that dysfunctional okay, okay. so it wasn't like we oh were my god what am I gonna do with my life every show every show we would have to go to a guitar center with a different credit card and buy 
buy a base amp and then we'd return it after the show okay. because they had a 30 day return when we didn't even have like the equipment like, it was so diy that it was comical you yeah. know um so it was no one's feelings were too hurt but Anyway, after the band, I started writing plays. I had been writing plays in college and I had been writing like summer shows for my sister. She was doing a, like a summer program at, at Mount Carmel and she like had me write some original shows a couple of summers and it was so fun to write shows for the girls. And I was like, I want to write plays. So in like 2015, 16, I wrote two different plays, produced them in my backyard, put them up for Fringe Fest. And that was so much fun. And that was when I met Kristen around that time. She actually came to my both of my shows. But even The first one she came to, we weren't even dating. And the second one she came to, we had, we had been dating by that point. Okay, is that how y'all met? We met at a roller derby after party. (laughs) That sounds accurate. (laughs) So gay. We met at a roller derby after party. We kept making eye contact and she was like leaving and I saw her leaving because we got passed in the doorway of 12 mile limit and I look at her and I was like pretty sauced and I go are you leaving without talking to me Ooh. and she was like oh I'm sorry and then we exchanged numbers like in the doorway and she was like with another woman and that was it and then a few months later a girl that I had gone I remember I had just moved back at this point yeah. and then a few months later a girl that I had gone to high school with came to my bout to see me skate and I was sitting next I came up to the bleachers to sit next to my friend and thank her for coming and she goes oh I want you to meet my roommate and she taps the girl next to her and it's Kristen yes and that's how we met. That's the kismet. And we both were like, oh. And then our, our mutual friend goes, did you do fuck? And it was in front of Kristen's girlfriend that she said this. We were like, no, we didn't fuck. Not then, yet. Yeah, that's the beginning. That's the short version. Why didn't she text you? I don't know. I mean, I didn't text her either. We were probably both lit. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't. I kind of, I think I forgot. Like, I had just been drinking, you know. Yeah. And you're like, what a cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I like that you had the, like, in the Jewish culture, we'll call it the chutzpah. Yeah, the chutzpah. Uh, to, to get, you know, to just say that. <laughs> would you Would you ever think I didn't have the chutzpah? <laughs> I'm made up of only chutzpah. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. No, but that was, that's pretty impressive I need moment. some subtleties <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Someone teach me how to be subtle. <laughs> how to be like, excuse me, ma'am. You have, you have not discuss things with me tonight <laughs> excuse me i noticed that you were here and i am also here mayhaps we have a chat <laughs> so y'all have been together how long have you been together i think we started dating in 2015 okay 2016 and how long had you been out before then I never came out. See, that's what's cool. So I'm 39. I'll age myself. And I feel like the more I talk to the younger folks um, yeah. that like, and, and I love this. I yeah, love, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm I love that it's less and less of like this big announcement or this like coming out thing that you have to do. I love that it just is like you're dating this person, you're dating this person. And that doesn't mean you are put in this box or you have to identify this way. It's just yeah. like you just exist. And that's yeah. like always the goal, I think. Yeah, I think that I think that's exactly what it was. I think half of it was me being like why do I have to do this it's my life I can just do what I want and not have to give anyone an explanation for anything you know as long as I stand by my choices but also I was like I was like my family doesn't give a fuck I, like my dad doesn't even know my birthday you know like <laughs> I bet if you asked him right now he'd be like it's in August like question she mark Virgo yeah he would be he would he would maybe be able to tell you but I'm just saying like they don't like I was like I don't think like I owe these people anything because who do you come out to like your family really? yeah because your friends don't give a f- my friends didn't care who I dated you know they loved me no matter what it's my family that would have to like adjust to their their idea of who I am but they don't know yeah. me at all like I love them we're very close but they don't really know me you know and it didn't especially when I started dating Kristen it didn't feel like they really knew me so it was like coming out to them would be like me saying to them my favorite food is Indian food they don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, they're like okay that's the thing we'll just yeah keep, keep in like, the brain keep yeah. in the old head I know that's like a silly mm-hmm. thing no I like I said I think that's great because I think it it shouldn't you know but I, I also and I don't know 
like how religious they like a lot of times religion plays a role in that and it's not necessarily like what the parents or the grandparents or the siblings think it's more of a like what will god think and god's gonna judge you and if they judge you they're gonna judge me and it becomes this whole i wish they would tell me that and see what happens (laughs) i wish they would let's go right now let's that's the other thing i think two doors down right now yeah we could just go be like oh how do you feel about this (laughs) that's for a totally different podcast but Yeah. yeah that's so true it's like come on now god i don't think if god is real god does not give a flying fuck about who i sleep with yeah because i'm like okay but you're if you bang a dude like that somehow god has blessed that blessed like, loves <laughs> that mm. god's a freak <laughs> that's what i always i'm like okay so god wants some guy to this is gross but like <laughs> god wants some guy to jizz in you just to create yeah. to procreate and that's what we're sanctioning and that's what the church is telling us and that's, and that's okay like it? and that's yeah. it that's all like, yeah, how like that's boring yeah how limited like life is so massive <laughs> like why has it got to be one way what a boring god if that were true you yeah. know which i don't think it is like so unimaginative yeah we figured it out more than god did <laughs> if that's the case i have more knowledge than god because gay sex is better than straight sex 100 percent 100 percent. i was uh at a bar yesterday with a straight friend who had just gotten an iud is that the right thing? oh yeah IED, an I- suv I- yeah the you know the the pregnancy stopper. fbi and i was like you know how great it is to fuck without worrying about this shit like it's so it just nice. it already puts the sex like way higher yeah i had someone ask me very recently are you on birth control and i was like no no i'm not on birth control why on god's green earth when i'm on birth control i am on a natural birth control yeah it's just if god is real they figured this part out yeah and it's the best part i think that's really cool and i, I like that you just because you do live your life out loud and it's just cool that you're like i don't fucking care i'm not worried about it Thank i'm not worried you. about these like uh, labels or this coming out but you know it's also yeah, i just don't feel like i owe anybody anything it's my damn life well then let me ask you this because i know you're engaged i'm engaged <laughs> i do know you're engaged and i i love y'all so much and it gives me hope couples like you and i think i've told you this in private but i'll say it <laughs> in public give me hope that I will also find that or that that exists in a way that I want. Like I know plenty of married people. I know plenty of divorced people, plenty of people who've married a few times who, you know, are in these long-term relationships. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't really want that. You know, like I don't see that as a partnership that like, I desire and then I see couples that like get each other and get it and are just like on the same page and I'm like that that gives me hope I need to hang on to that (laughs) I will ask because you are someone who like doesn't seem into institutions like why marriage it's a great question um I don't know I think I'm I've become such a romantic having a partner like Kristen and I've dated a lot of people like I'm kind of not a serial monogamous by any means but I've always been in relationships here and there and I've had like I've never lived anyone with anyone besides Kristen so that's like how serious it's gotten but it's so funny like I it's just a symbol and it's like a very romantic symbol for me to be like we're in it we've already like made the promise to each other which is why I feel good about the marriage we've already made the promise to each other to work on things like we've been fighting a lot this week full disclosure like you know sometimes we have weeks where we just are both we're both really busy we own two businesses so it just gets sometimes we don't take care of each other because we're so busy working and taking care of other people because that's literally what our jobs are but I never feel at risk in my relationship because we've both committed to do the work and until one of us says hey we can't do this work anymore like I know that I have someone who's willing to just stick it out with me and like I already feel like I'm married to her 
in so many ways. I just want the like, I want a symbolic like, first of all, I want us to change our names and start our own family, which is really important to me because whatever the family is that we create is not the family of our parents. And so that's a really important to me about the, about the marriage in a literal way. Like it's our own now. So I want to change our names and I want it to be our family. Um, you don't have to change your name to make your own family, but I, that's part of the thing that I want to oh, That's do. important to you. Yeah, that for me, I want to. I just like the idea of making our own unit. I love, I'm, I come from a long line of party people. Uh, my family used to have a party rental company and I just want to have a fucking blowout. I just want to have like the biggest party ever. That's one reason I want to get married. Um, I'm unashamed of that. It's not why I want to get married, but boy, oh boy, is it exciting for me to plan a giant party. No, that's like the, the cherry on top. Oh my God. Big fucking party. It's going to be the coolest party I've ever thrown in my life. (laughs) And I'm like so amped to throw it. And unlike my bat mitzvah and your sweet sweet 16, (laughs) the theme is you. (laughs) You don't don't need another theme. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. Um, Yeah, I'm just so for a variety of reasons. So I guess for me, like the big sticking point for me with marriage is like getting the law involved. Oh, yeah. And, and you're a lawyer, so it's funny yeah. to hear you say that. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, first of all, we're going to get prenups, uh, which is, I don't know, I just thought that'd be funny to say, but <laughs> people say get prenups. Like, I keep my bike if this doesn't yeah, go Yeah, well. like, we have nothing. <laughs> we own nothing. Um, we have businesses, so I guess it is kind of important for us to, to figure stuff out before we get married. Um, why bring the law into it? Great question. Like, you can have a commitment ceremony. You can have, you're in New Orleans, you can have a party right now. Right. Like, well, you can do all the other things, to exchange rings and even have someone, right. you know, do all that, but like... Like getting the marriage and and going to city hall or yeah. wherever maybe you we get won't these things yeah I don't know we okay. I haven't really thought of it but I think that there are certain incentives as business owners and um and like cohabitation purposes like you know we own things together I don't know if that makes a difference and also we're gonna buy a house together it is easier in Louisiana. I know that might have some friends just go through that process and it was just way easier if they got married. But I don't know. I haven't really thought about that part. All I really care about is the party, mm-hmm. the party. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I'm just excited about the the whole the whole tradition of it all. Just like being in front of everyone that loves us and like telling everyone here, hey, we're spending our lives together. And like that just I'm a little bit of a romantic about it. I never thought I would be either because I was a kid that grew up saying I'd never get married. Yeah, I mean, it changes when you meet, you know, like that. Yeah. And that's where like in my relationships, I always felt like when the, and this is um, not to get gloomy. Oh, get gloomy, <laughs> um, baby. But, you know, when it got towards the end or even, you know, I just I would look at this person and I couldn't picture that piece of it so with or without the law because I always thought like yes I'd like to be committed to somebody I am generally a monogamist I didn't care if it was the law or not the law that that part didn't make a difference but like for me to think about like when I'm with this person can I get up in front of everybody I know and this person and commit my life to right them. right right like that's the piece that I it is romantic I don't think and- you need it yeah I don't think you need it not every relationship needs it I mean I want to have kids like I want to have my own family unit you know so yeah. it's like that part is really important to me. Maybe not the legal signing, but the yeah. the marrying, the commitment part of it. Um, the legal signing thing, yeah, you got me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I won't do that part. No, we'll probably do it. But I've, I'm not, I have no attachment to the legal part of it. Yeah, and if you do it for practicality, like my mom was single. My parents split up. My mom was single, and then she got hit with this tax bill. Mm-hmm. And then she told, because she had, by my now stepdad, they had both uh, been married before. They didn't want to like, like, get married. Yeah, they're like, we don't fucking care. And then she was like, 
wait, I have to pay taxes? We're getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And See, was, I want that. I want that sweet tax break. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah. And so it's like uh, that, like the practicality part of it makes sense to people. You don't think you. that one day you're going to meet somebody and you're going to be real in love with them, like in the pit of your heart. And if they want to get married, you're not going to want to do it for them. Oh, I would do it for, yeah. See, that I was a quick change of tune. <laughs> I mean, if it was important to the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Right. Um, but I still have questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was more important to Kristen than it was to me because like I said I grew up a little dirty punk kid that was never going to get married but she very soon asked me to marry her and we started dating as like a bit and then she would do it every once in a while when we were drunk and it was very cute mm-hmm. and every once in a while like even up until she proposed she'd be like will you marry me and like, like we just casually when we're hanging out and I would say no I said no all the time and then we finished a year of couples therapy and we were in a really good place and she goes you gonna marry me and I was like yeah I'll marry you and like a month later she proposed Aww. <laughs> she, she waited she knew it was worth it <laughs> And you had like a really cool proposal, right? Oh my like God, my pretty- proposal was so good. It was so <laughs> gay. It was so good. I told that story at Queer Mountain. Yeah. I told that story and it was going way too long. And I was like, uh, while I was on the stage, I was like, Amanda, how much time do I have left? And you were just like, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I was like, I was like uh, you're already, I was already letting you go. I was like, you know what? And the whole audience was into it. Oh my God, I had them in the palm of my hand. I worry like running a show, uh, one of my biggest concerns, obviously, is running the show smoothly having people not say offensive things that upset people but it's also like the flow of the show and uh, most of the time and not all of the time but a lot of the time when people go over time it's not good right but every once in a while when someone goes over their time it's great I sound like such an asshole because I'm like I had them in the palm of my hand and I went over time (laughs) but it was like yeah you felt the vibe I was telling the story of the engagement and the story wasn't done yet and it was like I didn't test telling it (laughs) at all (laughs) but it went well and also I had like probably like 15 people in the audience that night and I think I was had a really biased crowd because they were all like they hadn't heard the story yet yeah well you couldn't be like build this whole thing up and then be like and then she proposed the end like you can't you know we had a we had to get the story out but like I said the audience was feeling and I don't mind if people go over time if the audience is feeling it but sometimes sometimes, oh I know I've been at shows like that where it's just like get off the stage yeah and I'm like how do you not feel the vibe that's coming from the entire audience everyone (laughs) feels the vibe except you yeah that's real so that's what i get that's why i like uh you know i try to tell people up top when you do the show i'm like really strict about the time but i'm honestly not that strict yeah. especially at queer mountain uh-oh, because, uh-oh it's out now i know because <laughs> it's a queer storytelling show and i don't want to cut off people's stories right. and experiences but we also have to run a show and we want people to come back every month yeah yeah so. yeah no i mean that's that's it's you got to produce a good show you want to make it tight i appreciate you letting me finish that story it was i needed to tell that yeah. story it was like kind of a come to jesus for myself to realize like why I like was getting married a little bit, you know, like it was so romantic and it was nice to tell it, you know. And we needed like a, a celebration, you know, this was like yeah. coming out of the COVID shit. Like, yeah, we just needed to feel fucking good. I for think I even walked out on stage and I was like, we heard a coming out story. We heard a da da da. Does anyone want to hear a love story? And everyone was like, yeah, love. I want to hear about love. <laughs> Do you want to give a very, not a Queer Mountain version, but like a very brief, like, oh, just God, I don't how, know how to give a brief, but I'll try my best. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to do the whole build up. Just yes, the, like, I'll do a really short version. <laughs> it was after Ida. We had a trip planned to L.A. Everyone's like, didn't you see it coming? And I was like, no, because Ida was like the week before. And we were almost canceled our trip because we were like, you're not the week, but like three weeks before, which is still Ida was awful. Well, Ida. Yeah. yeah I mean, we didn't have weeks, power weeks, for yeah. a week. So we I really mean, thought we were going to cancel. And um we went and I didn't I had no idea she was going to propose and apparently she had the ring the whole time and I didn't know and my friend Dawn kept proposing we were visiting my friend Dawn in LA my friend Dawn kept proposing for us to do things like go on a sunrise hike 
And I was like, I don't want to go on a sunrise hike. <laughs> and then Kristen would be like, can we go get dinner in the hills? And I was like, it's going to be overpriced. <laughs> I was like, and for what? We should just drive around and like look at the view from that. And then like, so she just like carried this ring in her pocket for days while I ditched every single idea that she proposed. <laughs> and then one day we were driving to Anaheim to go to Disneyland and we had all these extra hours and Kristen really wanted to see the, she had said so many times on the, before the trip that she wanted to see the ocean. And I tried to explain to her that like, there's no ocean in LA, <laughs> but we had this rental car and I was like, oh my God, I can take her into the ocean. We'll come to find out. She wanted to go to the ocean so bad because she wanted to propose to me on the beach. Yeah. So we go to Long Beach, had a delicious breakfast. We walked to the beach afterwards and like Kristen touched the ocean for the first time. And then, yeah, she just out of nowhere got down on one knee and I thought she was doing a bit because she always fake proposes. And it, like literally we had just talked about marriage like the months before, like it felt like a just conversation had just happened. So I didn't even believe it was happening. And she proposed and it was just, it, it completely surprised me because I, we didn't know we were going to be at the beach. We didn't know what the trip was like. Like I didn't see it coming because of Ida, I think. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I'm so happy. I was so surprised like, because yeah. it was magical and I've never had someone do something like that for me where I was just so completely taken aback in that way. And it really was, it was so romantic. I like that she had the ring and had kind of a plan. Yeah. It was like the plan was adjustable because I feel like proposals go wrong so many times yes. when they're like, it has to be this steakhouse at 7 p.m. Yes. And we have to sit at that table. Yes. And then they get real weird where they're she like, no, 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 we have to sit at that table. We have to do this. And it gets fucking weird. Yep. Yep. And she knew that I'm real. I got a strong nose usually and I can usually pick mm -hmm. up on stuff. Um, so she knew that would never fly for me. And well, I also didn't think it was going to happen. It was because we went to Disney on that trip and I had told her years before, I was like, if we ever get engaged please do not propose to me at Disney World like <laughs> we both love Disney you know we're Disney adults but I was I, like do not propose to me at Disney because I don't want that to be the place that the, you know like I like it for its own reasons yeah. and I'm not that much of a Disney adult you know <laughs> so I didn't even occur to me that it was gonna you happen you want Mickey and Minnie <laughs> yeah no it was like so it didn't even occur to me and doing that like it. fake applause <laughs> <laughs> and like holding their cheeks yeah. and like, turning their heads side to side <laughs> that wasn't the image you had for your proposal nope 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 Thank you for talking with us. I wanted to end on a happy note. Yay! I knew that's where we would go. Um, I know note. you're doing like so many cool things. Um, so I, I would like you to tell everyone oh the cool God. things, your, your business, if you want to promote it, yeah, uh, your I'd improv, any performances you have coming up, just anything in the pipelines that you want to share sure, yeah. with, with the world. Um, first and foremost, um, my partner and I own a gym in Metairie called Vitality Community Fitness. It's a queer owned gym. It's our pride and joy. We're in year six, all female and queer trans trainers like uh, like there's a blend and um it's a space that's free of diet culture it's a really positive place to work out we're always always looking for members that's our bread and butter is that gym we love it so much um it's we call it the gym for not gym people and then i have a styling business where i style people in secondhand clothes it's called mary's rack you can follow me on instagram and i do comedy with a group called live girls i don't know when our next show is i perform with big couch a lot in town improv and i um have podcasts too it's called planet nola it's me talking to people from new orleans doing cool things so listen to it too it's good i promise yeah and uh let everyone know where they can social media with you um and we'll also put it in our liner notes yeah social media with me on mary's rack or vitality please <laughs> i don't want to put my personal i feel like you i need to make to. a i feel like i need to make a comedian page but i won't live girls mary's rack or vitality would be I just want people to come to our gym because I think it's the coolest place in the city. Yeah, I need to. I see all the pictures. I mean, I follow y'all. It's so um, fun. I'm, I know you're the gym for not gym people, but I'm still at the like, I'm going to follow you on social media stage. Yes. To like work my courage up to like go to the gym that's not for gym people. Well, whenever you're um. ready, you know, we'll hold you in our hands like a sweet newborn baby. Yeah. 
I just started walking again in City Park, so I'm like just getting nice. my uh, my mojo back for like wanting to work out. But it's hot as shit, so I'd it's really like so to be inside. Hot. No, our gym has no AC. Okay. Yeah, it's Kristen refuses to ever get it. She just you want, have big fans. We got big fans, and it's just real broy. It's broy, <laughs> but a gay way in a gay way, you know. Yeah. So well, the City Park doesn't have big fans. So oh, that's, that's true. And we have a lot of shade. It's art. It's a beautiful gym because we've got a big pecan tree right out front. It's gorgeous. Nice. Well, I will have to check it out sometime. Come on yeah. down. <laughs> you get three free classes in a week. Oh, okay. Look yeah. at you promoing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for doing the podcast. I this really, was a lot of fun. I appreciate you asking me. You know, I love to talk about myself, and you're such a good host. And thank you for everything you do in the city because it's. I'm always continuously impressed by the communities that you make and keep and we need more of you i'm a gemini i like to stay busy (laughs) that's that's our thing hell yeah (laughs) all right thank you yeah thank you to mary jacobs for sharing her world with us special thank you to ryan golub for creating our theme music social media with us find us everywhere we're on twitter at queer to my heart we're on instagram and facebook at near queer to my heart Find our merch at Tee Public, T-E-E Public. And we'll see y'all next time. Happy Pride. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.